think the more you can study the people who are better than you study what the winners are doing, mm-hmm. ask them questions, talk with them, you know, sit with the winners. Like people say, you're definitely going to exponentially increase your ability to do well. I'm Shelby Oleschlager. This is Weekend Hustle, and we are Barrel Racers. Join us on our journey to personal growth for us and our horses. Together, we can hustle. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weekend Hustle podcast. Today, I have my super exciting guest here. Sarah is here with us, aka Country Roll, which kind of funny that we only really met on Instagram and we've like talked a bunch of times and kind of got to know each other a little bit. And that's why I was really excited to have you on because you're pretty much kind of living part of my dream right now. So if you'd like, please give us an introduction and tell us what you're doing and just all the good details. Um, Totally. So hi guys, my name's Sarah Angel. I am from McDay, Texas, down here in the central Texas area. And for most of my life, I have been a barrel racer, I guess you'd say. Um, And I've spent probably the last five years or so really working towards being able to do it as a career. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been working along and doing a lot of internships. Can you tell us a bit about that? Like just the experience you've had in like every place you've been to, cause you said you've been doing it for about five years. So how, as that whole experience, has that been for you? Definitely. So, um, first of all, like interning is such a rewarding and humbling thing. You, a lot of times when I get asked, by you know, what, what can I do to be better or what can I do to learn more? My first response is to tell them, go ride with someone, mm-hmm. you know, go find someone who knows more than you, whether that's, you know, barrel horse trainer or a cult starter or reigning cow horse guy, like a- anybody who has more knowledge than you do will be able to teach you a phenomenal amount about mm-hmm. riding horses. So you know, I tried to practice what I was preaching, essentially. Um, in college, my very first internship was with Randa and Bo Kellogg. And Bo and Randa, they're actually originally from Florida. And Bo had won quite a bit at the futurity stuff. Um, but I spent about a year and a half with them and learned a lot. And after I got done with school, I came home. And for a while, you know, I tried to do the real job thing, like a lot of us have to do, you know, adult responsibilities. Um, But I kept going back to the horses. And I finally asked myself, you know, what do you need to do, you know, to make this a reality and not just something you do on the weekends? And I took a leap of faith and decided that I was going to go work for Joy Wargo. Um, I had attended one of her clinics in South Texas. And had found out she was looking for work and um, took a leap of faith because at the time I had a great job with the state. I wasn't thinking about leaving, but I asked her, you know, I'm like, can I apply? And she's like, yes, send me your resume. Um, So that was a really unique experience. I drove up there to interview with her that following weekend and her and her husband hired me on the spot. So it was really, really cool. Um, spent a year there, a year and a half there. And now I'm back here in the central Texas area riding for Janet Staten, um, who has been a mentor of mine for years. She's actually the reason I probably got the job with Joy because she recommended me. Um, And 
it's kind of been an interesting time right now because we've had some unusual circumstances pop up and Janet injured herself at one of our races and I've had to jump on a couple for her. So that's been pretty exciting and rewarding to do. Um, but yeah, like all this, all this time I've been trying to work to be better and ride under these trainers that know more than I do and seek knowledge because I really think that's the only way you can get better. Absolutely. I love that so much. And you said a few things that I've told myself and I just like exactly like just preach it out is that like, I read a quote once where it kind of said, you know, you don't ask someone for directions that has never been where you want to go. And interning is such a good outlet to get completely involved in that world and work alongside and with people that are getting where you want to go. And it's like, you know, your goals and for you, it's like, you really want to make it your thing. Like you want to not work and you want riding and training horses to be your goal. So it's like, you're putting yourself on the right path to get there. And it's just like, it's so obviously necessary, but you know, like I've already like found some people that are like, Oh, like, cause I did an intern for one summer and it was such a amazing experience. And I was so sad to be done because it was like going back to reality. And then if I want to go again, I have to like remake that plan for myself. Like, you know, like quit the job, get that one way ticket and just go do it. And people are like, Oh, I'm so jealous. Or I wish I could do that. Like, how are you able to do that? And I'm like, I just made it happen. Yeah. Like it's not easy. And like you said, like it was a tough decision, I'm sure. But looking back, I'm sure in retrospect, like you're so glad like you have. And even right now, like, so you went to Fort Smith and I was like, so excited for you. Cause you're saying like that Janet hurt herself and you got to jump ride some of her horses. So can you tell us a bit about that experience? Definitely. Um, I will say just like you said, you know, people ask you, you know, how do you do it? How do you go off and, and do all that to just to capitalize on that too, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to add that a part of sometimes the internship deals are, they're hard. They're hard on you physically. They're hard on you emotionally. Um, but it helps a lot when you have great people to work for. And I was really fortunate, like all the time I got to spend with Brandon Bo and all the time I got to spend with Joy and her husband, Trent, because they treated me so well. Um, and all the time I'm getting to spend now with Janet and her husband, Doug Staten. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to make sure I mentioned, make sure that you are, you know, working for good people and you deserve to be treated with respect. And don't forget that if you're out there looking for something to Absolutely. do. Yeah. But back to your question about Fort Smith. Um, so I guess I'll start in Guthrie at the Lazy E at the Stallion Stakes. It was round two of the futurity there. And Janet was on her second to last horse. I think we had we had four entered at that one. And she ran into the first barrel. And I the horse that she did it on is the one that I've been doing good on for the last couple weeks. His name is Topper. He's like 16-2 probably weighs 1300 pounds. He's strong. I think he just set really hard to turn and she had already had some, a strain going on Mm. with her groin Mm. and he just set to turn and it got it the rest of the way. Uh. She like, she said it was all she could do to hang on the rest of the run. And when she didn't come outside to meet me with her last horse, I knew something was wrong. I got inside and she couldn't walk. So that that was a, a great experience because that in that moment, like I didn't have a hat or or anything to get on the next mare. So Ryan Padone, 
who literally was the horse before our number one horse, Desti. She was number one that day. Ryan runs her horse in the two spot and then gets off and gets on Desti and runs her for Janet and made a beautiful run. Like it was flawless. It's a really nice mare, but um, so that's kind of where it started is we were like, well, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, so I was supposed to go home after Guthrie. I was supposed to go home and ride Colts and hitch a ride back down to Texas with an owner of ours. Well, since Janet couldn't walk very well and probably wouldn't be able to set up the stalls or do anything like that by herself, we decided I probably needed to stay. Mm -hmm. And, um, as we were, you know, trying to figure out what to do, she was talking about, you know, who she thought would be able to ride the three we were taking to Fort Smith. Um, she's got famous Jaguar who is really talented Colt, but he's really fast and it's hard to get his timing on. Mm. Um, we asked Brandon to run him mm-hmm. and we had the Shawnee Buglio Colt, DH, Little Red Corvette, Dustin Angel mm-hmm. rode him for us. And finally, the last one, she's like, well, Sarah, I think I'm just going to let you ride Topper because I don't know anybody else to put on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you're even riding, right? Like you're used mm-hmm. to the horse. Yeah. I'd ridden him a lot, taking him through the barrels some, not really fast or anything. Um, but it was exciting. You know, I think a lot of us could say that in that situation, it, it would be super exciting to get asked to jump ride mm-hmm. something for someone. But it was, it was, I was nervous, not in a bad way, Uh because the great thing about Janet is she like had no qualms about it. She's like, oh, you're going to do fine. I have complete faith in you. So that made it hard to be real nervous Mm -hmm. for someone to give you that courage to do well. Absolutely. Um, But I was, you know, I was anticipating like, ah, it's so exciting for Smith. I know. And, um. He was, and he's a green colt. He's a colt that had um, kissing spine surgery, but a little around the same time last year as right now. Wow. So he hadn't been entered until March. So he'd only maybe made like seven competitive runs. Oh. And we were just hoping, you know, for the best. And when he ran, I think his first run was like a, a high 17 2. He was three horses out of making the fast 40 back to the finals. And we couldn't have been prouder of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I was just glad I didn't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of the nice thing. As you said, you know, he's only had like seven or so competitive runs. So I feel like the uh, just you and your expectations are going to be a bit lower because it's like you don't yeah. know what to expect. Like you hope for the best. And obviously Janet had complete faith in you that you're going to do your best and really like showcase her horse well. And it's just nice though, because yeah, like you didn't fall off. So mission accomplished, like everything else is like a cherry on top. And exactly. it sounds like like you did really well considering everything that was going on. So yeah. It must have been just like such a cool experience. And it, it really was. And, yeah. you know, like um, Janet, she made me cry like that day after the first round because I'm an emotional person. Yeah. Anybody who knows me knows that I get very invested. <laughs> and uh, I was, I walked him back to the stall after that first run and I was unsaddling him. And I was so proud of him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Topper, you're such a good boy. <laughs> and uh, she came up from the stands in her golf cart she wasn't walking very well at the of time course, yeah she walked over to the stalls and she's like well she's like you did a great job and I was like thank you and she's like you 
better get ready because I paid you up into the concert for tomorrow. I, I hope that everyone has somebody in their life that has that much faith in them. For sure. But I, I truly believe that that encouragement and that faith that she has in me really has upped my mental game mm-hmm. the past couple weeks. Um, given me, you know, I'm not so dumb as to be completely invincible, but it's giving me that feeling of invincibility. Yeah. I'm worried about anyone else because yeah. as long as Janet's happy and yeah. I know she knows I can do my job, mm-hmm. that's really all I care about. Exactly. Um, but he came back in the consolation and he ran a time, a 17 can't remember exactly what it was, but it would have qualified him the first day. Mm-hmm. And we were out of it for the consolation round because that round is tough. Yeah. And I take five. Um, but I couldn't have been happier with him. It was such a unique, exciting, humbling experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the biggest... I think the biggest win of the whole weekend was one, just making Janet proud and two, like all of the wonderful compliments I received from people who I've looked up to since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Um, that, that was pretty amazing. That is awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. And even like you said, like you didn't make it, but you improved and you can't even be happier despite like, you know, the results might've not been like right. in the top or whatever, but still like your results were amazing. Like Thank all at the end of the day. And that's such a cool experience that I'm glad like you got to experience that. Yeah. So. It was a, a once in a lifetime kind of deal. Oh yeah. I hope to go back of course, but yeah, but that like, how it, it's kind of interesting. Like just how the stars all align for that for you. Like if it sucks, but like if she didn't hurt herself, all that wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. And yes. experience like such a cool, unique, uh, like experience. So that actually brings me to something else, like just you working and getting compliments and talking to people that you aspire to be like, that is to me such a big key to success is just, you know, obviously having mentors that are where you want to go and being connected with them. And also just surrounding yourself with that level of competition is it makes a huge difference on how you perform. And like when I was in the States going to the fizz bomb, it's kind of interesting. It was a similar setup where the girl that was supposed to ride her derby horse got hurt. And so I ran them all weekend and it was so cool. We did, we placed like, I think 13th in the average. And it was just an insane experience because you're competing against those people. And for me, just being in Ontario, I've never competed against that level of competition, especially right. in the maturity and derby like that. So that in itself for me was just incredible to, you know, like have your standards so high because you're competing against the best. So do you think that's changed a lot for your riding, just kind of comparing yourself to the best and knowing like it's possible? Yes. You know, it's, it's funny. I think if you really break it down, you can't so much compare yourself to the other trainers because we all do it different. There's some of us that might have similar styles, but at the end of the day, we're all unique, Mm -hmm. just like the horses are. For sure. Um, But yes, that being said, um, I I think in anything you do in life, but especially like the futurity deal, if you're not surrounded by peers who are also striving to improve their craft, striving to make better horses, to be better horsemen, you know, to win more. Mm -hmm. I think that 
you're probably limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for, there was a time in my life when I was not, you know, as competitive when I was not really doing the horse deal. And it was after, uh, my good mare of mine passed away Mm -hmm. and I didn't have anything to ride. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got, I, you know, I distanced myself and it definitely affected me. It affected my ability as a competitor. And, um, I would say even just because I loved it so much and I was so far away from it, it affected me just in general, you know, my level of happiness because, you know, the horses are what I love to do. Mm-hmm. So yes, like in all aspects, whether it's, um, your competitiveness, your mental game, your actual riding ability. I think the more you can study the people who are better than you study what the winners are doing, mm-hmm. ask them questions, talk with them, you know, sit with the winners. Like people say, you're definitely going to exponentially increase your ability to do well um, for the long run. Totally. Yeah. Choosing your tribe and just having that group of people that are on the same mission, right? Like you're on the same path, the same goal, and you're like each other's cheerleaders to some degree. And I like that a lot. The one thing you said is just like, um, like, first, just the learning aspect is like, it's never ending. And also what you said is just the level of happiness when your horse passed and you're just were like unsure about what you're doing. I feel that so much. And I think when you're unhappy like that, or you just feel discontentment because it's life trying to nudge you in a direction. Like it's the discomfort yeah. that we're able to move and change our lives from. Yeah. And like, I feel that sometimes, and obviously you felt that and you made a change because you're like, you know, I'm not content with where I'm at. And like, I'm sure if you asked yourself the same question back then as you asked now about it, you'd have totally different answers because like, you're actually doing what you want. Yeah. Right? Like you're actually like, giving it and going for it. <laughs> I went, if I went back, like, even a couple, like a couple years ago, before I really started getting serious about studying under other people, I would have told you that there's no way. Like you, I can't make a living training horses. There's no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I, I'm hoping I will be able to pay my bills at some point. Um, I don't expect to get rich by it by any means, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's why any of us do it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's not about the money. It's about the horses and the awesome people that they bring into our lives. And um, that's really, that's really the biggest thing. I think. Yeah. If you think about it, that's what I love. Like, yeah. Like what you said about the comparing, I meant more in like this state of like, like what's possible for us. Like yeah. we see someone that we're striving to be like, and we know they're yeah. human. We're human. If we, you know, really put our effort in, like it is possible to do that. And for you, it is possible to do it. Like, you don't know when it's exactly going to happen, but like you said, it's like, we're not there to make millions because it's unrealistic. (laughs) We all know that. But like you said, like it's the love and the passion, like, and like, that's where I think horse people totally have it right is because they're doing it not for the money. They're doing it to live the life that they actually want to. And I just think that's like a beautiful thing that people, they're okay with that. Oh yeah. This is their mission and And it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, it's what the other thing too, like you mentioned, like the, the futurity girls and like watching them and, and aspiring to be like them. I'd really like to point out too, especially like for any like younger listeners, like all these young girls out there, these young girl racers. I mean, we all know that there's always some kind of pettiness or drama going on. Typically it's unavoidable, but 
the Futurity Girls, like when Janet got hurt this past week, so many people stepped up for us and helped. Like so many people stepped in and were like, what can I do for you? There was never any, you know, there's never any attitude or pettiness or anything like that that you experience sometimes today, unfortunately. And I think that not only are they excellent trainers and horsemen on the back of the horse, but a lot of them are excellent role models and just upstanding people with good hearts and they're humble and they want to see each other win. Exactly. And that's so important. Uh huh. That's what I was going to say. It's like, they're not thinking that the other person's a come like their competition. It's not like, Oh good. Like she hurt herself. Now she's not there. Like that's just so negative where it's like you like they're, they're like on the same team to some degree. And that's kind of one thing I thought about. It's like, we're all barrel racers. We all obviously love horses and love the sport and we're here together. So it's like, how can you be so negative towards someone that is literally in the same court as you? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we're all in the same mission. So yeah, yeah. you're not your competition. Like we're all here, like, let's have fun with our horses. Let's enjoy it. And yeah, you do see the negative or the more sour people, but like no one's got time for that and I love that about the futurity people like you said like they're just stepping in to help each other help each other get up it's important definitely the whole like choosing the people you're around and the one thing you said you do a lot is just the attending clinics and trying to extend your network and like you like you got a job from joy because you went to her clinic which I love that like I just am like I'm networker like if you network yourself and you just put yourself out there like you open so many opportunities that you have no idea are even available or possible. So tell us a bit about like just your experience going to some clinics that are completely irrelevant or like not barrel related, like you're into like the big horsemanship stuff. So how has that been in improving your riding? Um, So two of my most favorite ones that I've been to probably recently, a couple months ago, I got to go to the Phil Haugen horsemanship clinic. That was a two day event. Um, and that was awesome, uh, mainly because with Phil, we were starting at square one with the building blocks that are all a part of the horse that we most of us are probably used to riding after they've been put together. Right. So we took apart all those blocks and we said, this is what this one's for. This is what this block does. This is how you manipulate this one to do this. And I won't lie, initially, some of it I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because I had not broken it down to a simplest form. He would, you know, like we did a lot of them, like yielding the hip. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the very first day, I'm like, why are we doing this? I don't want to disengage my horse's hip. Why are you telling me to kick my horse's hip out? But then we applied it in motion And by teaching the horse to disengage its hip, you can teach it to move forward and carry itself up underneath itself at the same time. For sure. So it might not have been what I wanted to accomplish at the end of everything, but it was something I needed to learn to do Mm -hmm. in order to get to that last point. So I had a lot of experiences like that at Phil's clinic and he was phenomenal so I definitely encourage anybody to attend one of those um I also really enjoyed when I was working with Joy her and Trent sent me to a Ron Rawls clinic and yeah he was fantastic 
Ron is really great um, because he breaks down the mechanics for almost like anyone to be able to understand. Mm-hmm. And that's he, a skill. Yeah. Simplify it so much. Yes, definitely. Um, but, but really the takeaway from all of those horsemanship clinics is that half of the barrel races won like before you even start going through the pattern. And there's a lot of stuff that those horses need to know about being broken, their body and respecting your hands and your legs and you knowing how to ask them with those things Mm -hmm. that they need to be able to do before you go to the pattern. Um, And I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I give anybody is just make sure that your horse really, really knows his stuff and you know how to ask it. Like how you're influencing your horse. I wrote that down after watching a few of my maybe not so good runs. And I'm like thinking like, how can I change what happened? And I was just thinking like, how am I literally my body, what I'm doing when I'm running? Like, how am I influencing my horse? And the one thing as well is just how much our horses are teachers. If we let it happen, like how much we actually can learn just from like a lot of I think a lot of people start from maybe more trial and error approach and they take a few clinics and then they experiment to make it work for you. Cause you can watch those people. And like you said earlier, everyone has their own style and it needs to make sense to them and it needs to work for them in order. Like, and I think Ashley Schaefer said something, I read an article where she just said, basically you might follow a style, but you're going to go back to your roots. Like basically meaning like no matter what you try or if you watch and learn from someone, you're eventually going to fall back to how it works for you. So it is a lot of just experimenting with your horse, riding as much as you can and different horses to learn what you, what works for you. And just knowing like your own body and how it's really changing your horse. And that's the one thing, like I think you said a bit before is just like learning from your horses and just, you know, like how important that is to really be listening. So is there anything you'd kind of say about that? Definitely. Um, You know, you talking about like the body control thing, it really is so important. And I did not realize just how important until I started working for Joy. I think those first couple of weeks I rode with her, I wanted to cry because I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp what she was trying to tell me to do and get my legs, like get my bottom half and my top half to, to run at the same time to do the things I needed to do to be mechanically correct on the back of the horse. Um, so that was a huge learning curve for me, but it was so important because it's truly, um, it really has stepped up my feel of the animals when you're sitting on them and being able to get your timing when you're on their back, especially, you know, at high rates of speed, that that stuff is so important. Um, and I, I think the only way you can really teach yourself, uh, is to consistently spend hours in the saddle every day. And I know it's hard for some girls because not all of us have access of 15 head of horses to ride every day. Yes. But you, Joy always preached to me, you need to ride your horse with intention every day. As soon as you step into the saddle, you need to have a game plan and ride with intent. Be aware of your body 
and the reactions you get when you ask for something. When you lay a leg, do they or do they not move? When you pick up a rein, do they pull on you or do they respect you and give you some kind of response? Right. Um, all those things are so important. Mm-hmm. And I think we could definitely all spend time, you know, being more mindful every time we get in the saddle, what exactly it is we ask for with our bodies. Cause sometimes it's as simple as a little bitty shift in your hips that will get a reaction out of one. Mm-hmm. And if you can learn those horses inside and out like that and what works for them um, and be consistent with your riding, they will consistently improve and they will consistently perform in the arena. Definitely. That is so amazing. It's so true and so important that, like you said, like all people just don't even think of like a slight hip change or anything like that is going to make a difference and they don't even feel themselves do it. So it's like, if you don't actually feel yourself make that adjustment, how are you going to be consistent? And just the riding with intent is like, it's mind blowing and so important. Like when you actually do that and actually think when I put my foot in a stirrup, what are we going to do and feeling yourself move your horse. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, like it takes a really long time, but just even with the whole like networking thing, I bet people, if they wanted 15 horses to ride or like just to get help, it's if you reached out to someone local and it's like, they have lots of horses or they have training horses or whatever, be like, I'll help you for a day. Like you don't have to intern and relocate for life or for a year or half a year. Like literally if they're close, ask them, be like, I don't mind coming, cleaning your stalls, whatever. And I'd like to ride a few horses and ride with you. And I'm sure people, if they know you're willing and wanting to learn, like, I don't think people have any problem helping you know what I mean? The biggest thing that people, people hold themselves back on the interning deal. I've had a lot of people ask me, they're like, Oh, like, how did you get that? Or what should I do? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of times it's that leap of faith. It's that sacrifice, maybe sacrificing some things you have now to go learn more so you can do better later. Mm-hmm. Um, but people hold themselves back because the biggest first thing you can do is just go walk up to someone and introduce yourself and say, hi, I really would love to come ride with you. I'd really love to spend a day learning. I'll come clean your stalls. I'll come groom your horses. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever you want me to do if you'll ride with me for an hour. Exactly. You know, just it, like that. It's just like that. And you would be surprised how many of these girls, especially the futurity girls, they'll be like, yeah, come on. Like, mm-hmm. They're so barrier. Like they'd be happy to have someone come out to their place. And yeah. It, like, yeah, people are scared of it. But honestly, I think those girls really look at it as almost a privilege and an honor that yes. people want to work with them and learn from them. Yes. And it's not intimidating. Like it is kind of intimidating, but I think it is mostly in your head of you're putting those people on such a pedestal where it's like approach them like a person. Yeah. Just like, you know, if you just be yourself, be eager. And obviously you are eager if you're going to take that step and it's not going to go unnoticed. Exactly. I've told people a lot, like you, you just have to go ask for one Mm -hmm. and consistently show up for them and yourself. Like whoever it is that you're wanting to go ride with, you know, make that relationship now. Mm-hmm. You want to go ride with Jolene Montgomery? Maybe she doesn't need an intern right now. You should still reach out and make that connection. Exactly. You want to go ride with Joy? 
reach out and make that connection. You know, mm-hmm. show them that you're serious. Mm-hmm. You know, show them that your intent is truly to learn and want to be part of a program that will teach them that. Exactly. Um, you spend that time building those relationships. Generally, they will grow. Mm-hmm. And the people who are brave like that, who will reach out to someone and be like, hey, I'd really love to come ride with you. Um, people who are genuine about those things, those girls will remember you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like what you said about showing up, it's even after you get the job, like, or you get the intern, like, don't like, just give it your all. Because like you said, like those things don't go unnoticed. And that's what I learned a lot is when I was doing it. And I would like, I try and show up as, you know, my best self and optimistic, eager, and just kind of be like, yes, I'll do that. Yep. Yep. Okay. What's next? Like, you know, hustle kind of thing, like get going and just being ahead of them almost. And that's yeah. important with the horse industry. Like that's what trainers want is they want someone that takes initiative. Yes. Because, you know, they see something, they see an empty water bucket and they're on it. They see something and they're just like, okay, like we're here. We're part of the program. Like you said, and you do yeah. have to adapt pretty easily to someone else's program, yeah. which like there is that window of, you know, the transition of learning the horses, learning how they do stuff. But once you have it down, it's up to you to kind of maintain that and just really show yourself like the best self and that's when you know that connection might introduce you to someone else and it just snowballs and before you know it you have a network of amazing people yeah and and that network is what will get you everywhere you need to go Mm. and and it's it's very true you have to have initiative for these kinds of deals yeah um the internships are hard like I said, they're hard on you mentally. They're hard on you physically. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to learn not to take things personally. Yep. You have to be mentally strong because even if they love you, there's probably still going to be days here and there where things maybe don't go quite right. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be prepared to be your best every single day. They, you have to be a self-starter. You, yep. If you're wanting to go into that deal and someone has to, you know, wait on you hand and foot and someone has to tell you what to do every second of the day, the internship deal is probably not for you. Yeah. It's um, not going to work. You yeah. Have to be motivated, self-starting. You have to, like you said, be able to think ahead mm-hmm. and be prepared for all situations and be on top of stuff. Because, you know, when there's 10, 15, 20 head of horses in the barn, there's no time for, you know, errors and there's really no room for mistakes. Yeah, Especially you don't when they're you know horses that belong to people that we're supposed to be caring for. Exactly. So it can be intense, mm-hmm. intense, but at the end of the day, very, very rewarding. So worth of the it. networking. Mm-hmm. It is so worth it, and that's the one thing as well. Like the whole taking things personally and feeling, you know, like it is a mental obstacle to yes. intern because you know, like you're here and then all of a sudden you intern, you're like bottom of the totem pole. Uh-huh. Like that's what interns are known for across the board. Like in any business or any, any thing, interns are the bottom and you are putting yourself willingly in that position. So you kind of have to remember that, like, I'm not here to be the top trainer right now. Like I'm learning from them. So yeah, I am at the bottom and just accepting life isn't going to be rainbows and butterflies for a while, you know, and that's part of the deal. Like you're signing, you're literally signing up for that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd like to say for anyone listening that they're interested in it or they're doing it and 
like you said at the beginning, which I can totally relate to is just knowing your worth still and to be treated respectfully, no matter what, like, yeah, there might be hard days, but there's still like, you're still a human. And if you're treated and dehumanized in your experience, that's not okay. And it's not. So like just knowing that and knowing your own worth and your value, like you're here to learn from people, but at the same time, like it can be a tough situation. And if you feel completely undervalued, it's affecting your mental health a lot. And you, if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel from it, then maybe it is time. It's okay to move on and maybe try somewhere else. Yes. I think it's almost an unspoken thing in the horse industry, just how draining the internship deals can be sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm sure we have all heard there's horror stories about how people get treated mm-hmm. you know um I've been really fortunate mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate to always be treated you know pretty darn well yeah and um but yes like there's absolutely no reason to stay somewhere that is unhealthy for your mental well-being mm-hmm. or otherwise um mm-hmm. there are so many other opportunities out there even if you think even if you think where you're at is where you need to be to learn the most, you know, don't ever be afraid to leave and go to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's definitely not worth, you know, stressing over or being heartbroken over because there there are certain people you're never, ever going to be able to make happy no matter what you do. Um, And that's life in general, I think. (laughs) Exactly. You don't have to, you don't have to let it consume you. You can go on to the next thing for sure. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Know your worth. And if it's not what you thinking, you're not there and you give it the time it deserves, but if it still is not changing, then yeah, just it's okay to change. And it might be scary and the unknown might not, might be scary, but it's like relationships and all that. Like, is it better to be with something bad and unhealthy or something different? Right. Different is scary, but it's just, and yeah, like it is, I find interning, it changes a lot of your perspective just in life in general. So with that being said is why I think they're amazing. And like, I salute you for sticking with it and staying with it for a really long time. And it's been years that you've been doing it. So I just think that already in itself is like such an accomplishment and just really like it's putting you down the path that you ultimately want to go down. So yeah. I give you credit for that. Like it's quite an accomplishment and yeah, people, yeah, people actually like have questions and stuff. I'm sure you're ha- happy to answer them for oh, them. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, it's funny that you say that like Janet and I had a conversation last night coming home from the jackpot, which was, I have to throw, I have to throw a plug for Janet. We were so excited. Her four-year-old, the one I ran for, Smith, he won the jackpot last night. I saw that. So so proud of him. I feel like he's my little baby and he's just being so good. Mm -hmm. Anyways, but, you know, and you mentioned this earlier too. She went back to, you know, Sarah, um, I was like, Janet, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for letting me enjoy him and ride him. You know, like you don't, you didn't have to Mm -hmm. thank you for believing in me. And she's like, well, she's like, of course. And she said, you know, I told you, you, she's like, I knew you already knew it all. You just needed a chance to shine and look now you've gotten it. I'm like, I know, but I didn't want you to get hurt for that to happen. And she's like, oh, Sarah, she's like, everything happens for a reason. Janet Satan is a phenomenal human being. And I'm very, very lucky to have her as a friend and mentor. Very, very blessed. Um, 
but yes, any, uh, any hit me up on Facebook, Instagram mm. at, at country all, which the story behind that is it's a mix of two marriage names that are no longer with me today. So I've just yeah. always kept it a Martha all and country bullion. Awesome. Um, or at country all I'm on Facebook, you know, message me wherever I'm trying to think of that's all, but I'll, I'll like add all your details in the show notes. So when people look, they'll have like a quick link if they have any questions or anything they want to ask you and follow your journey because it is quite remarkable. So I just want to say thanks again for joining me and talking about this because it was a good one. I feel like we got lots out there that needs to be shared. So I thank you so much for doing this and accepting. <laughs> and thank you so much. Uh, for letting me get on here and talk and it's so exciting you know to be on a podcast I've never been on one before and yours has been great so far and I know a lot of people are enjoying it so I hope that everyone will get something valuable out of this to help them definitely thanks again awesome thanks lady and thank you all loyal listeners to uh, listening to another episode of this week's podcast with another amazing barrel racer. If you enjoy this episode as much as I did, please, I would appreciate it. You know, I'm going to say it. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to my channel and all social media to get more of this type of stuff. Also, I would completely appreciate and love you forever if you wanted to give me a rating on apple podcast it'll go a long way and mean so much to me so you better do it just kidding but for real anyways that's all for now we'll talk next week bye guys